Amen. Well, I got to tell you, I'm excited to be back. We're going to start with something fun, okay? I'm going to read a quote. You're just going to yell out where it's from, okay? Easy rules, right? Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Never let go, Jack. Never let go. May the odds be ever in your... F <laughs> this one's a little harder. Just keep swimming. All right. Maybe it wasn't that hard. Toto, I have a feeling we're not... Wizard of Oz. Go ahead. Make my day. Yes, it's... Uh, Sudden impact, but Dirty Harry is the, yeah. May the force be with you. She doesn't even go here. Mean girls. Put some Windex on it. My big fat Greek wedding. Phone home. E.T., my mama always said, Forrest Gump, I see dead people. I feel the need, the need, Top Gun. So that's a pretty good example then of the power of words. Here's why. Think of all of the hundreds of movies that you've seen in your lifetime and all of the thousands and thousands of lines that came across that screen and you heard them and Yet there's a few of them that for some reason, one reason or the other, they stuck with you. They, they made their way. You gave your mind permission to not only remember them, but it's etched in your memory to where you can remember it, you can recall it, you can quote it. You might be able to even remember when you first saw that movie, the feeling that you had and who you were with when you first heard those lines. And if a movie quote or the lyrics from a song has the potential to stick with you and impact you on at least that level, however minimal it might be, it's not difficult to see how more important words, more moving words, quotes and speeches and lines have impacted people on an even deeper level for instance, Mahatma Gandhi in 1941 began what were called his Quit India speeches, which eventually helped to lead to England giving up their occupation and rule over India in 1947. His words motivated a movement. Or, of course, the historical I Have a Dream speech by Dr. Martin Luther King, who was really just a, uh, a, a humble and a not really notable Baptist preacher, but he was a staunch advocate who helped escort in with that speech and many others, the long overdue movement towards racial equality for black Americans. Or maybe more importantly, how a poor Jewish carpenter named Jesus of Nazareth used his words at 12 years old to astonish Biblical scholars, scriptural scholars, as he asked them questions and he posed statements that astounded them with his knowledge. Or he persuaded men, 12 of them, to abandon their lives, their futures 
even their families to some extent, to follow him. Or he was able to, with his words, engage tens of thousands of people to forego food, their plans, their days, their jobs, to gather together on hillsides or on shorefronts to listen to him simply speak. He struck in religious leaders and political leaders a fear that he might lead a revolution to overthrow their corrupt systems of power. As a matter of fact, it's what he said that caused him to be arrested and led to his death. His words caused all of that. Only his words were what fed and fueled and led and guided the church who we now call Christianity. For the first hundred years, we had no scripture that we look at today as the New Testament. We only had the words of Jesus. And they were so powerful that in the first hundred years, the church expanded so radically and so violently, it spread throughout every single nation. And still, 2,000 years later, it's still igniting people's hunger to discover who God is through knowing God's Son, through knowing God's son's words. When I was 12 years old, I laid on my bed and I pushed my face in this feather pillow and I cried out to God. I was raised in church and I knew God to some extent, but I didn't know God. And I felt lonely and I felt miserable in my life. I had changed schools and I didn't want to. And uh, a girl who was my best friend at the time uh, uh, she told me she didn't want to talk to me anymore. And I just felt brokenhearted that a friend had rejected me and I was now going to a school where I had no friends, but I was hearing about Jesus from all these new school friends like he was a person, like he was a friend of theirs. And I pushed my face in the pillow so my parents couldn't hear me cry. And I ask God, if you are real, then come into my life like I hear all of these people talk about at school. And on that night, I began a relationship with Christ, but truthfully, wasn't reading my Bible, didn't know much about him. I had a Bible, mind you, I just didn't know how to read it. And I went to school and I asked a friend, how is it that I can get to know Jesus? And back then, in special uh, or certain Bibles, uh, when you would see red words, you knew it was the words of Jesus. And he pointed that out to me and he said, when you see red, those are the words of Jesus. So all you need to do is read the red. Just read the red. And that's how I became a lover and a follower of Jesus as I just started reading the red. I thought you can't go wrong getting to know Jesus and getting to know his father and getting to know more about what he wants for me and what he wants for the world and why he came here and everything that he believed in and everything that he wanted us to know by just reading the red. So I want you to think about for a moment, imagine if you will, if you and I were like the early church for the first hundred years of the church's history, we had nothing else than what people had heard Jesus say. And then they would tell you what Jesus said. And we just have, imagine how your faith might grow. Imagine how much more intimate you might become in your relationship with Christ. If you can understand the potential power of 
words. Words that can have the power to change you or words that you can, like many, many, many song lyrics, many, many, many movie lines, many, many, many news stories, you can let them simply slip past you and not touch you at all. If you don't have your notes out, grab them. You can open up your Summit Church app. Welcome to the online campus. By the way, Pastor Jamie is doing just such an amazing job with our online campus and our social media. She's killing it. All of our team during sabbatical was really, really incredible. When it comes to the potential of words, number one, all of them matter. All of them matter. In the book of Matthew, Jesus is with his disciples and he's having this heated discussion with Pharisees and scribes. These are kind of the religious leaders, they're keepers of the law. Not all of them were terrible, not all of them were corrupt, but many of them had fallen so in love with their position and their influence and their power and the effect that their presence had on people that they sort of forgot what got them there. They sort of forgot what their role truly was. They didn't recognize who was standing right in front of them. As a matter of fact, they had just accused Jesus of being able to speak and do miracles because he was demon-possessed. He was operating out of the power of Beelzebub, a demon. That's what they said. And this is how Jesus responds to deciding the character of somebody. Matthew 12, 33 through 37 says this. Good trees produce good fruits. Bad trees. Micah, can you come up here? Where's Micah? Where'd Micah go? Micah, come up here real quick. Sorry. Just do me a favor, buddy. I'm going to keep reading this. Will you push this to as far as you can get it up here? Sorry. They didn't leave you a lot of room, so. Just push that bad boy up there. There you go. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Everybody give Micah a big hand. It's a thankless job right up until now. And now you just got to think. Good trees produce good fruits. Bad trees produce bad fruits. You can always tell a tree by its fruits. You children of snakes, you who are evil. Now he's talking specifically to the scribes and the Pharisees. How could you possibly say anything good? For the mouth simply shapes the heart's impulses into words. From the mouth, words speak. And so the good man who's filled with goodness, he speaks good words. While the evil man who's obviously filled with evil, he speaks evil words. I tell you this, that on the day of judgment, people will be called to account for every careless word they have said. Now he's talking to everybody. The righteous will be acquitted by their own words, and you evildoers will be condemned by your own words. Here's why every word matters. Because it reveals who you are. Now, I'm not saying one single sentence can define a person. What I'm saying is if you listen to someone long enough, you'll find out who they are. You'll find out what they believe. You'll find out what they think. People can't hardly wait to tell you what they think, right? Um, you'll find out what their opinions are. And you will eventually find out who they are. Their character will be revealed. 
That's why every word matters, is it helps us understand who we are and who those are around us. Number two is this. When it comes to the potential of words, not all words are equal. Some words are so powerful, they're so timely, they're so effective in reaching people that they inspire the hopeless. They can persuade the will of people. They can start an unstoppable movement in a generation. Think about some of those really amazing speeches that have happened that have moved people into action. They can even strike fear in the hearts of your enemy. There are kinds of words that won't ever be forgotten. Listen to what this quote says. You men of England, you who have no right to this kingdom of France, the king of heaven orders and notifies you through me, Joan the Maiden, to leave your fortresses and go back to your own country or I will produce a clash of arms to be eternally remembered. If you don't know where that quote is from, those are unforgettable, powerful words spoken by a peasant girl who led the French army in a momentous victory over England in the Battle of Orleans almost 600 years ago. Joan of Arc said that in front of a quivering French army who didn't feel empowered to stand up against the might of England, but they eventually defeated them because of Joan of Arc's ability to stand with confidence and speak words over the battle. Now, there are others, though, that have spoken words, maybe in similar positions of Joan of Arc. They are remembered, though the speakers maybe wish they were forgotten. Here's one from then Vice President Dan Quayle. One word sums up probably the responsibility of any vice president, and that one word is to be prepared. <laughs> Either not great at math or nobody prepped him on that. This one, though, Representative Hank Johnson, I think he's from Georgia. My fear is that the whole island of Guam will become so overly populated by the 8,000 Marines that we're getting added that it will tip over and capsize. Later said he was joking. I would say that too if I said that. Here's the point I'm trying to make. With 290 million people on Twitter, 2.7 billion Facebook users, 2 billion Instagram users, 1 billion TikTok users. The internet remains today the largest gathering of people exchanging the worst and dumbest ideas <laughs> and thoughts and belief that can possibly be expressed through words. My point is words matter, but not all words matter equally. Just because Dr. Martin Luther King can be quoted in a Twitter, uh, a tweet, sorry, does not mean everyone on Twitter carries the same voice as Dr. Martin Luther King, right? Just because it can be said doesn't make it equally important to all things being said. And that is because, lastly, when it comes to the potential of words, some are more than just words. 
Some are more than just words. According to the First Amendment to the Constitution, we have among freedom of press and freedom of religion, we have freedom of speech. And here's the essence of that. We're allowed to say anything we want, even if it's offensive to people. You can say unpopular things. You can say mean things. You can say even untrue things. You can say ugly things. You can say biased things and racist things without the fear that you'll be punished by the government for what you say, right? That's freedom of speech. But you know, hopefully you know this, that that applies almost all the time, but not all the time. Because some words mean more than other words do. Some words carry more power than other words do. Some words spoken in the right context, in the right way, with the right specificity, can actually incite people to hurt other people. And that in turn violates the rights of everyone else. And that gives the government permission to intervene and interfere with your free speech because your speech could cause harm to others. And that's where free speech ends. The classic example is you can't yell fire in a crowded theater if there isn't one. And you can't incite riots and you can't say we need a new, you can say we need a new government. You just can't say we need a new government on September 13th at nine o'clock at the White House. You can't give specific that's because they know that people will respond violently to those words. So, if words can incite violence and threaten lives, put us in peril and in danger, then words also have the power to incite life, to incite compassion and generosity and goodness and kindness in people. And the Bible tells us, in the power of the tongue, Lies, life, and death. And that's why these words are important. In Matthew 4, 1 through 4, Jesus was led by the Spirit, Holy Spirit that is, into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus was tempted in every way. He understands our struggle of temptation. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, said to him, used his words, if you are the son of God, tell these, speak to these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus spoke back to him, used his words and said, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every what? Word that comes from the mouth of God. Can I tell you how pivotal and how important that passage is? That it was temptation brought by word? That it was the devil speaking to Jesus and it was by the power of Jesus' word that he spoke back and refuted and refused the temptation? And then he established the power that some words are just not words only? There's something more to him. He said that in the power of God's word is actually life-giving. It actually has the ability to add life to you. It's as essential as you eating every single day. That is the power of God's word spoken to 
you. Now, here's what's just as important. Listen to John 20. This is Jesus responding to Thomas, who is one of the disciples, by the way. Jesus has now risen from the dead. He's appeared to some of the disciples. They've told other disciples about it. Thomas has doubted that. And Thomas now encounters Jesus personally. And he said, Thomas, filled with emotion, says this, you are the one true God and the Lord of my life. He makes a general statement, you are God and you are God to me. And then Jesus says, Thomas, you have faith because you have seen me. Blessed are all those who never see me, and yet they still believe. Here's what's important. G, or Thomas calls Jesus God, and Jesus affirms his faith and says, that's correct, but your faith is based on the fact that you've seen me personally. Here's something I've missed for a long, long time. He said, you're blessed because you've seen me. I'm telling you that the rest are blessed because they've only heard me and believed. They've allowed the power of words alone to be enough to believe. And he said, even greater blessing is for those who don't need proof, who don't need all of this empirical evidence, who just believe the words. That's how powerful words are. And Jesus said, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God is life-giving. And Jesus has just established that he is God. And so our faith is increased and our lives are greater blessed when in John 6, 35, it says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. Our faith is greater when we believe John 8, 12 that says this, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have that light that leads to life. You'll have bread. You'll never go thirsty. You'll never be in the dark. Our faith is greater when we believe the words of Jesus in John 10, 11, when it says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. You know that the one leading your life, that the one speaking into your life that he has given his life so that you can have life. Our faith is increased in John eleven twenty five 25, when it says this, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Jesus said, if you believe anything about me, know that I'm the giver of life. And when life ends, I still give life. Even after that, death has to be subject to me. And our faith is increased in John 14, 6, when he says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And so if you have the question, do we all get to go? Do we all find God? Do we all find eternity through all different paths? If you believe the words of Jesus, then you know that he is the gateway into eternity with God. In John 15, 5, we know this, that I am the vine and you are the branches. If any remain in me, if you stay in him, I remain in them. And so all the benefits of being in relationship of Christ stay in you. They produce much fruit, but without me, they can do nothing. With him, you can do everything. Without him, you can do nothing. Do you understand the power 
that every one of those words holds to those that, number one, believe them. But if you believe them, then it changes you, then it impacts you, then it shapes you and affects you. Listen, I can sing along with about every single 80s song that's ever been written. I have to tell you, my life has not improved one bit because I can sing a minute work song. My marriage has not benefited because I can sing Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cyndi Lauper. <laughs> there are words that remain benign, impotent, powerless to affect change in your life because not all words are equal. Not all words are equal because some are more than just words. Some represent power. I mean real power. Um, we did some office swapping and changing things around with Pastor Dan coming on. We needed a little more space to spread out and so we took an office we were using for storage and bought some used furniture and put it in there and I was doing some electrical work. And uh, this desk system, it's kind of like a cubicle system. It has outlets run through it and big cable that I hardwired into the wall. And I couldn't figure out why four of the receptacles weren't working. So I decided to take a voltage meter and just start touching things. I discovered there was power in there because it sounded like a shotgun went off. And all the ozone in the room burned up when I touched it. And little puffs of smoke came out of my nose. You understand the power when you encounter it. I got up from there and I threw the breaker and decided to continue to work not that close to the power. You see, you have to be close enough though. You can't just assume and, and, and speculate, you, you have to believe in the power. You have to encounter the power. And I have to tell you this, just because you've possibly had someone misrepresent who Jesus was or weaponize the words of Jesus to amplify your pain or your shame, to misquote him or take him out of context or make him appear to be something that he's not by using his words against you. I want you to know this. Jesus has never spoken a word that's result wasn't to produce life. Even in correcting, Jesus wants to move people from death towards life. Even the hard things that we hear Jesus say, he's either protecting life, he's speaking life, he's affirming life. Through every single word that proceeds from the mouth of God and through his son, Jesus Christ, it gives life. And there's nothing more important in your life 
than to encounter the words of Christ. But in that encounter, you have the choice whether to allow those words to impact and change you. And I want to encourage you as we go on this journey for three more weeks, that you would lean in hard to just the red. And maybe you will even go home and just start finding the words of Jesus. I don't even know that they do that in Bibles anymore. Maybe so. I tend to think they do it in older translations, which are a bit harder to read. And, but I want to encourage you to start that journey and just spending time in his word. And I have some really good news. In September, we're going to have a small group that just studies the words of Jesus. But during this month, would you just commit yourself, even if you're already on a routine of doing devotions, would you add just the words of Jesus? And I'm not saying you have to read whole chapters at a time, but just read a story in which Jesus is speaking. Because in that, you begin to discover who he is. You get to know what kind of tree he is because of the fruit that he bears, because of the words that come from his mouth. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And um, I want you to just have a moment in which you can reflect on the words that I've pushed out there. I was talking with someone today, or uh, this week, I mean, on the phone. And uh, I talked about how Pastor Dan was going to be speaking, you know, once a month. And I said, it's, it's good when someone else speaks. I said, I gain back about a day and a half of my week. That's the prep time I put into a message is about a day and a half. Thursday and usually half or more of Saturday. And then it hit me. I said, man, that's tough. I said, I just realized that I spend like 12 hours preparing something that takes me 30 minutes to deliver that maybe people remember three minutes of. But if you remember three minutes of the words, that might move you to response. That might move you to change. That might impact you to the degree that you will not leave here the same as you came in. And that's the power of words. But I will tell you this, that in the scheme of all things, my words don't really matter. I'm like one of those billions of people on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook whose little one-line post today is then set side by side with the eternal words of Jesus Christ. Who for 100 years, the early church only had his words. And from that today, we have 3 billion Christ followers on the planet right now. Not to mention all of those over the last 2,000 years. And my question is, do you have a relationship with that Jesus Christ? And if you don't, this is a perfect time to just say yes to him. And like me, you can say yes and know nothing about him, that you want to begin this journey with him, and you want to find out more about him, and you're just going to start by reading the red. I can help you start doing that. We actually have some stuff at our connection kiosk that can help you 
get started today. Is there anyone that wants to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ? You just slip your hand up and say, yeah, that's me. I'll, I'll do that today. I'm, there's no other shoe that's going to drop. I'm not calling you up here, making you stand up, uncovering you in front of a bunch of people you may not know. But if you just say, yes, I want to begin a relationship with him today. If that's you, just slide a hand up and you can put it back down. Now, my second question is this. If you'd say, I want to know Jesus more than I ever have before. And I have to tell you, I don't know that I know all that he said. And I certainly haven't let all that he said shape me in all the ways that it could. And I want to begin that journey today. If that's you, shoot your hand up as well. Yeah, before I even finish, people were raising their hand. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, that there were those who followed you so closely, so intimately, listened so intently that your words never left them. Here we are able to recite and recall lines from movies that some of us saw 20, 30 years ago and they still linger in our hearts and our minds today. That's how powerful words are. That's how well we can remember them. And so what if, God, we put your word in our heart on that level where we could recall the words of Christ where there wasn't a moment, there wasn't a season, there wasn't an emotion, there wasn't an encounter or a thought or an opinion or a post that didn't evoke the words of Jesus in our hearts, in our mind. Just like I was able to trigger everybody's memory of what movie that line was from, we'd be able to recall your spoken word, Jesus. With that kind of freedom and that kind of that kind of instantaneous gratification that we said, oh, Jesus once said. But that journey begins with us drawing close to your word, letting it sit in our hearts and our minds, letting it have its place with us, letting it touch us, letting it spark and create a, a smell, a taste, a sound in our life that makes it unforgettable. And that's the journey we begin today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.